Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Military families are not like your traditional family. They are strong, brave, resilient, and some of the most incredible people I know. My name is Gracie, a U.S. Army brat, and I am your host. I am honored to be able to give military family members like myself a place for them to share their stories and experiences in the military life. Stay tuned for this week's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Today, I'm super excited to be here with Katie, who's a military spouse. So Katie, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. So tell me what it's like being part of a military family, being a military spouse for you. Well, it's it's kind of it's all up in the air. I feel like um, some days you really love it, some days you hate it. But um, I feel like every every day is different, and I just I've really enjoyed the journey for the last fifteen years, getting to be a military spouse. And now I think that we are on kind of the tail end of our military journey. It's kind of it's going to be interesting to see how these next couple of years play out. Yeah, for sure. Especially as that 20 approaches, whether retirement or, you know, staying in and And there's both both options. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it takes, uh, you know, a toll on on family life and everything, you know, being part of the military, but it's such a rewarding thing that it's hard to to let it go at the same point for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is all I know for my adult life. Like my husband and I both graduated college and then he started his military career. And so basically from college on, all I know is the military. So it will be an interesting transition when, when and if, you know, retirement comes in five years or, you know, six, seven, eight beyond that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Because again, I, I don't know what adulthood looks like without the military. Right. And like you're moving around and like, it's hard to pick a place and say, okay, well, this is going to be forever. And for some people, they're sick of moving and they're ready to, to find forever, but others right. it's challenge. Right. This last PCS, my husband asked me, how many more of these do you think you have in you? And I'm like, I honestly, I don't know. Um, it seems like each one's getting harder and harder. And maybe that's just because I feel like the moving companies might be doing a poor job of <laughs> packing your belongings true. and just kind of the unknown of, you know, is everything going to show up? How much of it's going to be damaged? Um, how much of pain in the butt is it going to be to try to get everything into the new house and in like just those aspects. But um, I do feel like once we do finally retire and get our forever home, I wonder if in two to three years after we live there, if I'm going to be itching to move or not. Yeah, that's how, you know, so many families say that once you don't move, it's like, okay, I am like feeling stuck here. Like I am ready to move again and I'm done being here. Right. I I feel like that's probably going to happen, but I don't know for sure. Maybe I will be just so tired of moving that it's just going to feel so amazing and our house will have everything that we want and I won't want to move. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, after 15, 20 years, you know, sometimes maybe even longer, 
you know, it's like, okay, I am very thankful to have one place that I can call home and that I don't have to worry about something changing again. And, you know, you can always paint the walls now. You don't own a home, right? So, Yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. We have been fortunate enough to have um, bought a few houses in our military career so far. Um, and it's always been great to know that we could paint the walls and yes. do all of those things, make any changes. But it's also kind of, it's just overwhelming too, to know that you have these choices and that you don't have to, if you don't like the color, you can change it. Unlike if you're living in a rental or you're living in a base house or something like that. But um, I am looking forward to that. And yeah, I'm hoping that everything fits what what we need. And it's just, it's exactly what we want in our forever home. Yeah. There's so many positives, but also negatives, you know, leaving the military life because it's like you're leaving. For me, it was the hardest transition of leaving a community that's like family and being with, you know, in the civilian world that it's like it, they don't necessarily understand what you've been through in military life and it's hard for them to understand and explain it. And, you know, I was 12. So how do you explain, you know, that to your friends? Right. And that's such a big identity for you. And I mean, for you, that's the first 12 years of your life. And for me right now, that's been 15 years of my life has been military life. So it'll be interesting when we do hit that 20 plus, will my identity be changed from military spouse to veteran spouse or, or how all of that's going to play out? It, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's a real shift in in that that mindset because you're right. It's literally like your identity for however long you're part of the lifestyle and then you carry it on and it's like, okay, well, you know, how do I adapt this to my new life and right. how do I adapt the new life to what I knew? Right. And it's not that that's my the only hat I wear because I do right. wear many hats as a as a mom and, you know, as a former nurse, not a current nurse right now, but uh, is all the different things in the hats that I wear. Military spouse is not the only one, but I feel like that is such a main one, given that it takes us all over the country and, you know, makes us move and, and kind of reinvent ourselves every single time we move that I feel like that's a that's a big hat to wear. Yeah, while I'm sure being a mom is just as demanding, if not more, as the military life. You know, this lifestyle is constantly like, it's very demanding. It keeps you on your toes. It's, you know, that moving, like you said, around the country, you know, possibly even around the world. And it's hard to to keep up with that lifestyle so much. And then, you know, adding mom on top of that, you know, it's hard to balance everything. It, it is. And it, it certainly can be, especially when it comes to TDYs and deployments and, and PCSs, of course, because I feel like my children, I want to them to have the most stable life that they can. And so when we move, our goal is always to make sure that we are, their rooms are set up first. We find them all the important things that they need to thrive in their environment, where are their playgrounds, what their schools, start finding them friends, all of those things. And um, the mom hat really definitely comes out a lot more with a PCS because I feel like I 
I could put my needs on the back burner, but like I want my kids to be settled first. They need to feel comfortable in their new environment because they certainly didn't ask for this. And they were born into a family that is a military family and and I want them to be comfortable with it. And I, I want them to thrive. And that if that means that we work the hardest to get them settled first, and that's what we do. Yeah, it's hard to explain to people who don't live the military life to understand it that military kids don't necessarily get to choose this life. You're born into it. You don't have another option. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of, uh, I mean, depending on how you look at it, some enjoy it and some hate it. But um, you're kind of forced to go through this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it is a challenge for kids, especially at a younger age, to be constantly picking up and moving and moving schools and making new friends. And so for them, you know, most kids just thrive off of a routine because they get up, they go to school, they come home, they do their homework. And then it's like, all right, time to go to bed and repeat this tomorrow. So it's hard to to really establish a new routine everywhere you go. Right. And I feel like every place we go, the routine routine is so different too. Um, mine are both in their school age. I have a second grader and a seventh grader. And we our big thing right now where we are stationed is our goal is to get our middle schooler completely through sixth through eighth grade before we PCS again. And it's looking like that could potentially happen with the assignment as we could stay here three years, which would be one of the longest assignments we have had, um, our longest would have been four and a half years when we were in Montana, but our our baby was born there a couple of years in. So he, you know, he doesn't remember any of this time from Montana right. and he wasn't a school age child at that time. So if we can get our oldest through middle school here, this would be the first time we will have ever had a child go through three consecutive grades at the same time. And he's never done that before. Um, He's, you know, started kindergarten, we moved. And he had first and second grade in one school, we moved. Third grade in another school, moved. COVID hit. Fourth grade, I homeschooled. Fifth grade, he went to a private school, then moved. And here we are again. So I feel like he has been through a lot for school. And um, and, and, and he does enjoy moving. Um, I think he really... He does enjoy the fact that he gets to see all these places and get to know kids all across the nation and and get to, you know, establish big friend groups and to stay in contact with them as well, especially because of um, amazing technology and social media and things like that, that we get to, um, you know, he gets to stay connected, which is great. But I do know that it, it is hard when he thinks about, okay, where will I be when I start high school and will I get to go through high school at the same school or will I be switching grades halfway through and I think our biggest goal will be is that he doesn't have to start somewhere senior year at a brand new school so that is something that again when we're looking at the next five six years for the remainder of my husband's military career where is that going to fall for our oldest high school and that's one of the biggest things on our mind Yeah. And I've talked to so many kids that have literally had that, you know, end of junior year, beginning of senior year move. And it's Mm -hmm. the the hardest transition 
because one, it's okay, are all my classes going to count? Like, am I going to right. graduate on time? Um, especially if you don't go to a Jodea school or if a Jodea school isn't right. available because they're not available everywhere. And so if that's not available, then you're forced to go to a public school or a private school. And then it's like, okay, well, are all of these going to count? Am I going to be behind? Can I still graduate on time? And then it's the making new friends and everything else that comes with moving schools on top of it. Right. And when you go from state to state and the standards are so different from each state, it's really hard to say, where do you level up or where, where do you fall in that? Because we've been in some school districts and some states that do not have good schooling. Um, Traditionally, they're lowest on the scales for that. And then now we're in an area that has amazing schools that has honors programs. And my oldest was able to get into an honors program, which goes to show that, you know, we, we were right on track where we needed to be. But I was really concerned when we moved here, because I wasn't sure with, you know, his hodgepodge of schooling up until you know, fifth to sixth grade, how was he going to do when he got into a better school district? And, and he's, he's done just fine, but that's always another worry too. Are they, are they going to be too far ahead? Are they going to be behind? Or again, are some of these credits going to trans transfer or not? And that's, that's a big worry. And I don't want that to be his worry. I want that to fall on us, but I know that he has thought about that as well. Yeah. And it's so, so challenging, like you said, moving different states with different levels of education, different expectations. You know, when I was in Ohio, they had very low expectations. They were like, all right, Mm -hmm. well, here's your math. Here's your reading. Even up until fourth grade, that's when I finally started learning about the weather. And I don't remember learning history at all. Mm -hmm. And then moving to Texas, you know, being taught how to do multiplication and division. And I was like, immediately behind because we hadn't learned that in Ohio as a fourth grader. Like I had not learned how to do like two or three digit multiplication and long division. And so I was like immediately behind there. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, going there and then there you learn Texas history and you don't learn in seventh grade your class is literally Texas history. You don't have U.S. history. You get that in eighth grade. And then you move to Florida where I ended up finishing schooling. And it's like, okay, well, I am supposed to take world history in sixth grade, seventh grade is civics, and eighth grade is still U.S. history. Like, where's my Texas history? (laughs) Like, where's that class? It's so different. Yeah, Texas history doesn't is not relevant in Florida. No. <laughs> so yeah, I can understand where, where that would be an issue. Yeah. So it's it really this different states have different standards. And it's, you know, it's fine if you're not moving different states, at least, you know, once or twice in your lifetime, even. But once you start adding, like, okay, I'm moving every two years, then it's like there's cause for concern now. Right, right. And and thankfully we're we're staying on top of it. But I mean, who's to say the next couple of years won't be difficult when it comes to my younger child, my second grader. Right. So uh, the good thing is is now we kind of know what to look for and kind of how to how to prepare for these moves. And and I am one of those moms that will bring out the workbooks over summer vacation if there's a move because I I don't want them to be behind. 
I don't also want them to be super far ahead that they're bored in class. But of course, if the school district itself has some sort of means to, you know, challenge them with, you know, if they are ahead, then that's great. That's, that's perfectly fine. But yeah, if they're behind, I don't, I want them to try to get as caught up as quick as possible. Yeah, because it's so important, you know, for their education, but also for their self-esteem of, you know, being on pace um, or a a little ahead, um, you know, because if they're behind, they're, you know, I got so frustrated not knowing Mm -hmm. how to do math and division in Texas. Like I would sit crying, you know, and then sit with my teacher, like, during recess because there was no mm-hmm. other time. And so, you know, it is frustrating being right. behind on, you know, big things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm grateful we've had a really, we've had understanding school districts and teachers that understand that we are a military family and that does require moving. And so they've always been very just accepting of that and also understanding if there is a need for some catch up to be done that they were, they're very helpful, but that's not the case for everyone. Unfortunately, some school districts or schools or teachers are not very military friendly and it, it does, then you're on your own trying to figure that out. And I'm grateful that we have not had to worry about that, thankfully. Yeah. Those teachers who understand and even go above and beyond to understand, even if they, you know, I've had teachers who are military spouses or military kids, but Mm -hmm. those teachers who have no relation to the military life besides for teaching military kids, it's incredible what they do to make sure, you know, these kids learn what they need to and understand and don't fall behind. Right. And and we, my son's, uh, my oldest son, his kindergarten teacher was a military spouse. And just immediately, like I felt at home, like I was already nervous enough about sending my kid off to kindergarten, especially while his dad was was deployed. And I, you know, that first drop off, you know, tears because my husband wasn't there, but then, um, like she was so great. And then when he came home from deployment, you know, a couple uh, weeks into the school year, she was so excited. And you, you would think that she was having her husband come home with how excited she was for us as a family to be reunited and stuff. And I remember the school had a fairly strict um, attendance policy, but I remember her just being like, if they give you any trouble about it, you just talk to me because she was, she's like, no, you guys need to be off for the day he comes home. And you know, if you need extra time for reintegration, like it's important that you guys are all together. And she was so understanding about that. And I think once she got a chance to meet my husband, she like gave him a big old hug and it was, it was great. So I'm, I'm really grateful. We've had amazing teachers who have been nothing, nothing short of just understanding for us and our situation. Yeah. That's really incredible. Especially, you know, kindergarten is, you know, challenging for mm-hmm. everyone. It's that, learning a new lifestyle, going to school and having a spouse away is hard. Mm -hmm. And having a teacher who understands and goes above and beyond to understand that because, you know, being a military spouse, you understand the lifestyle is really incredible. Right. And, And I will preface this as well is that we've never been to a school on base where our kids have always gone to public school. I've never been, um, when we have lived on base, the 
the base has never had schools there. So we never qualified or we always had to go off base. So this has all, all been with public schools teachers. Yeah. And so that's even better. So yeah. they don't have to understand that lifestyle. But most of the time they do, thankfully, given that a large majority of their kids are possibly military related where we have lived before. So, yeah, they are used to kids coming in and out and the the turnover of kids and the emotions mm-hmm. that kids can have going to school. Yes. And like my, my youngest school currently right now had done just an amazing job at for a month of the military child. They had oh, I love something that. almost every day of the month of April this last year. And it was incredible to see that kind of support because we've been in schools that don't recognize that. And I guess that's fine. That's okay. But to have a school go above and beyond was just so awesome to yeah. see that. Yeah. Especially because it's a public school, you know, they don't mm-hmm. have to. On base, right. you kind of look forward to that because yeah. they always do something. They do. Um, even if it's just Purple Fridays, I always mm-hmm. remembered those. But that's really, really special and such a good way to honor those military kids who are in your school. Yes, for sure. Yep. My youngest, they, they did a uh, special ice cream social for the kids that they got to let their parents come and, and, and it was so awesome that they got to, they got to have something special during the school day just for them. Yeah. In addition to the other spirit days and things that they had planned for the month as well, but just for them to go say, Hey, I'm sorry, I, I can't be in school right now because or in class right now, because I'm having ice cream with my parents <laughs> because I'm a military kid. I, my son felt very special and very seen that yeah. day. Oh, for sure. And that that being seen is huge. Yes. And, you know, being recognized for, you know, your parents' sacrifices, but then your sacrifices, too, of moving, of giving up friends and right. what you didn't expect to live in your childhood. Absolutely. Yeah. So yes, it was great. Yeah, for sure. And I wanted to ask you, too, you have your own little business and company, Love and Lettering by Katie. So how did that get started? And what has that been like for you? So that got started because of a military move. And um, I believe I said earlier, but um, I am a nurse. I have worked for or had worked for a nurse for 12 years. Um, immediately after graduation, obviously, but with each PCS, it just seemed to get a little harder to, um, you know, start over. And and while, yes, they've made great strides with um, different legislation to make it easier for military spouses to get their um, licensure to cross from state line to state line. uh, The last, the move that we did in 2020 Um, was in the middle of COVID, like right when COVID started. So we moved from Alabama to South Dakota. And I had started just doing a little more art. I feel like I've always been artistic, but not to the point where I would just go buy art supplies and play around. But when we were at our assignment, I found a, a little art studio in a nearby in the nearby town. And they offered a lettering club. And I always thought it would be really cool to just learn how to do like, hand lettering or calligraphy or anything like that. So I signed up, I got a subscription box every month and I just really kind of dove headfirst into it. And then I wanted to learn all the things, acrylic painting, watercolor painting, all of it. And then COVID hit 
And I was not working full-time at the time, but I was working in a department where a lot of our cases got cut. And because it, we only did what was medically necessary at the time. And so all the full-time people got the hours as a part-time person. I didn't, get, I, mean, I didn't lose my job. I just didn't get any hours. So I was at home. My kids were at home from school. My husband was doing school at the time. So he was working from home or doing school from home. So I just dove right in. And I feel like I lettered on everything. I did chalk all over the neighborhood sidewalks and our driveway (laughs) and all of it. I think I did art like every single day while we were home. And then um, I I started my account, my Love and Lettering by Katie Instagram account. And it just started as an art account, just something for fun. And when we moved, my husband's job, well, he had some flexibility it was more essential that he be the one, of course, at work. And if something were to happen to the kids at school, say they were exposed or they were sick, it it would fall on me to be the one to have to stay home with them. And that's just not always um, feasible when you're starting a new job, especially as a nurse and a nurse during COVID times when everyone's burnt out. And so I didn't even try to find a nursing job when we moved. I decided, hey, you know what? Maybe it's time I stay home with the kids. And and we had moved and the school district wasn't the greatest. So I thought, you know what, what? Maybe I'll try my hand at homeschooling. And we lasted one year. <laughs> <That tells me laughs> thing. Mad props to anyone that homeschools their kids long-term. You get an award. It was <laughs> it was very challenging for me. Um, I can teach other kids or other people all day long, my own children. That was a struggle, but that's neither here nor there. And so in the in that time while I was homeschooling my kids, I figured, you know what, maybe this is the time I actually start a business and turned my lettering into a business with like prints, and then I started doing stickers and then eventually signs. And um about three years later, my my business Sepkill is thriving pretty well. And um, it's it's just been fun to get to turn a hobby into a business and to watch it grow and flourish. And now that we have moved since then, um, it was interesting to get to um, kind of start all over again in some ways, because you, you do have to start over in a new area. You know, you have to still figure out your licensing and you know, make sure you got your tax licenses and, you know, each state is different for the way they set up LLCs and everything like that. So it took a little bit. Uh, my business had to go on the back burner when we moved, I had to close down my shop and just kind of focus again on the kids had to come first, school and everything else, getting the house unpacked, all of that had to come first. And, and that was fine. And, and it also kind of gave me a chance to kind of, um, just get excited again about my business. Cause I feel like after, after a while, sometimes it tends to just feel more like a job, like how I felt nursing was feeling and, and I needed to, to be excited about it again. So when I reopened, um, it was fun to kind of reinvent myself here in Virginia now. So it's, uh, we've been here for about a year and now I really feel like I'm getting to know the area. I'm starting to do in-person events again. And it, it's been fun to get to have something of my own with my name on it, literally. So yeah, yeah it's been no, I love that. And I love, I was, you know, talking with a friend about this even yesterday. 
the quote, just if you love what you do, you know, you'll never work a day in your life. And, Mm -hmm. but then also acknowledging that fact of, okay, it gets tiring. Even if you absolutely love what you do, Mm -hmm. it gets tiring. You get burnt out of it and you have to kind of take a second reset, even if it's forced by a move, take a second reset and then find your passion for it again. Because it's easy to get caught up in the business world and easy to get caught up in, you know, those taxes, those licenses and, you know, get so frustrated. But then you remember, okay, I love what I do. And then you just keep going. The creating is the fun part. It is all the behind the scenes parts that can get frustrating. Again, taxes. Um, When we moved here, I did hire a bookkeeper to kind of help keep track of that for me because I was the kind of person that didn't do anything with my taxes until they were due. And <laughs> when you're trying to cover a year's worth of receipts and all of that, that was a problem. I mean, yeah. of course I still paid my like my quarterly sales tax and everything like that, but everything else just kind of got shoved in a box until finally I was like, "No, you need help." So, outsourcing what I knew I was not good at and did not have the mental capacity for was the best investment I could have made for my business. But um, the social media part is is difficult because some days I feel very excited to post or to make a funny reel or some things like that. But knowing like sometimes that's the only way you can, not the only way, but one of the main ways you can grow your business for free. Um, it's, I mean, it costs your time and sometimes your sanity, but <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it's a mixed it's a mixed bag, I would say. But those behind the scene things are probably what if anything that makes you burned out, it's it's because of social media and taxes and just the inventory management and things like that. I feel the creating is the fun part. Yeah. See, I'm going to school for social media and I love social media. So that's like my favorite part of doing everything. <laughs> but it it's exhausting. It's frustrating, especially right. when Things are constantly changing and you have to stay on top of trends. And Right. Yeah. Right. It's very frustrating. Are reels the important thing right now? Right. Or pictures. How many many hashtags are you supposed to use? Do you use the full 30 or are you only supposed to do these targeted? I don't know. I can't keep up with all of them because I can barely keep up with what our our house schedule looks like for this week with <laughs> baseball and school and the dog and everything else. So keeping up on what's important for Instagram versus TikTok versus Pinterest versus Facebook, that's hard. And don't throw on LinkedIn because I know I'm supposed to be on LinkedIn and I'm trying, but I can't keep up with that one either. It's okay. I'm only on LinkedIn for my personal stuff. So. <laughs> yes. It is mostly for my personal stuff, but I have been able to make some good connections on LinkedIn. Oh, and for I sure. have some people who ha- are like, we will help you with it. And I'm, I'm taking them up on the offer. It's just adding it on the list of things to do when, uh, yes, you're already overwhelmed by social media. Some some of the platforms have to just take a backseat like yeah. Pinterest and LinkedIn right now. So yeah, I think Instagram and then followed by Facebook and TikTok are like the most important ones. So right. if you've got time for at least one, then, you know, Instagram is where right. it's at. And that's mostly what I've been doing because at least then I can link my Instagram and my Facebook so that my posts are going direct from yes. one to the other. <laughs> um, somehow, I don't know how, I just cannot seem to get my reels to go from Instagram over to Facebook. There, are, Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but... Yeah. 
That is what it is. But a lot of times my reels are the same things I'll post on TikTok or vice versa. Of course, removing the watermark because I have learned something. <laughs> Don't let your <laughs> watermark show between the other platform. Right. But um, yeah, it's just trying to have one piece of content go for multiple things. And that's the key. Yes, for sure. And, you know, it's frustrating and it's hard and you add everything else that you're doing on top of that. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, sometimes things just have to take a break and sometimes right. things are more important. And, you know, but it's also important to keep what you want going in your career mm-hmm. and what makes you happy. Absolutely. And, and this is what makes me happy right now, getting to create things and especially going into the holiday season. My favorite thing ever to make are the ornaments that I paint. And this will be the fourth holiday season that I'm doing them. And every year they just seem to get more and more special to me, knowing that, you know, something that I created is on someone's tree. Or uh, we've had a family that comes to me every year that they get a new assignment, they need a new ornament printed. So I'm waiting for that that text message from her because I know they're only in a one year assignment right now. So I'm waiting for her to find out where they're going for the text message. <laughs> hey, Katie, can you make me an ornament for this state? Um, and I, I'm looking forward to that, to know that they trust me to make something special like that, that it's just an honor. Yeah, that is because it's literally you're creating memories through mm-hmm. one thing that might seem small or minimal. It means so much to someone else and right. their Christmas memories and, you know, their moves, their PCSs that they Absolutely. had. It's a, really incredible. Right. And that's why I think the state ornaments are so special because I feel like they started as a way for military families to remember where they've been and, and not saying that a civilian family can't enjoy an ornament with the state on it. They certainly do because I've had plenty of people order them, but I feel like they are very special for the military community as a way to commemorate the good times and the bad times at each assignment. Yeah. It tells a story of, okay, well, we were here and then we're there and, Mm -hmm. you know, moving around and the different memories from, from each place you go to. Right. And I feel like a lot of people will bag on certain assignments because, oh, there's nothing to do here. There's, it is what you make of it. And um, have we been places that we would absolutely not want to go to again? Yes. Yes. But I feel like there's always been something amazing about each place that we've been stationed, whether it's a birth of a child or, you know, made an amazing friendship or community of friends or this is where you started your business, or this is where I had a great job. Every place, I feel like there has to be, there's always something that you're grateful for from each assignment for the most part. I mean, I can see where there would be negatives too, but I like to think on the positive side, of course. Yeah. Even if it's just a new favorite restaurant or, yes. you know, a Target that's close by and yes. is really nice. Find the Target. <laughs> that yeah. Is always. Important. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because if you don't have a Target nearby, then, you know, I could see why it's pretty unfortunate you know, right. being in a specific right. place. Yes. Thankfully, we have always had one nearby or close enough with about 20 to 30 minutes. So yeah, that's always one of the first things you get orders. Where's the Target? Right. Where's Where's Target? Where are the essentials? Chick-fil-A, Starbucks? Yes. You have to find everything. 
Yes, that's always on my list whenever we get orders. I'm finding the stores and the restaurants that we like that are comforting to me or to my kids. And that's that's always how we start. <laughs> that comforting factor is the most important because it feels like, you know, a little taste of, I guess, home, even though home right. is not really defined. Right. Um, but you know, it's something that's constant, it's consistent between every move. And, mm -hmm. you know, just taking a stroll around Target, even if you don't need anything, like it's because it's Target tells comfort. you what you need. <laughs> yes, Target will tell you, like, you need all of these things. You walk right. in for like nothing or $5 item and then come out spending $200. So, <laughs> right. And you forgot, you forgot the item you exactly. came for. <laughs> yes. That just means you need to go back. <laughs> Start the process all over again. Yes. Yes. So the last thing I want to ask you is what advice would you give to another military spouse? To have an open mind about your assignment. Um, I feel like a lot of times when you see them on the Facebook groups with the different things and they're like, hey, we got orders to hear. I want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly be the reason someone's going to be excited about the assignment. Don't be the reason that someone's not looking forward to it. I think there is, it is a kind of important to recognize sometimes that there possibly are some negatives about the location that you are going to, but if you are giving them something to look forward to, I feel like that's just much more important. So be the reason that someone's excited about where they're going to be going because they're there's going to be something. It could be just they have the most beautiful sunsets or sunrises. Or again, yeah, you've got a target close by. Or we had the most amazing community here on this street. Give them something to, to look forward to. Because if you go in with a positive mindset about the base, then I think you're much more likely to want to experience it fully and be present and look forward to filling your bucket list for each place. And that's kind of another thing. Find a start a bucket list for each assignment that you're going to um, close by places or, you know, little day trips you can do. Ask the locals what, you know, a military family coming in where do we need to go experience and fill up your bucket list for each assignment? I, I think it's so important that you do that. And instead of focusing on, well, they didn't have Chick-fil-A here or, you know, I can't work here. Let's focus on those positives. I think yeah. that's the most important part. I love that. And I love the bucket list because even you know, being in Florida for almost a decade now, it's like, Oh, there's things here that I've wanted to do since we mm -hmm. moved here. Like, check those things off of your bucket list. Like mm -hmm. you don't necessarily always have time for things. Like I do not have the time every day to spend, you know, five hours in a car driving to Daytona right. to go experience, you know, whatever it is and then come back. So it's like plan out accordingly, like mm -hmm. things that you want to see, you want to do, prioritize them. Um, and find friends to do it with too, because that's even Yes, fun. absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like some of the things that you put on your bucket list are things that even the locals don't necessarily think about going to anymore because they're like, oh, you know, they're just giving you the tourist spots or whatever. But um, yeah, the, the bucket list thing has kind of been our thing for the last couple assignments. And just, I feel like it really changes your outlook of your, your assignment is when you have 
a list of things to look right. forward to, to check out and to see, you know, we did this, we did that. And then you not only have that, you have more memories from that place. Yeah. Venture out, you know, right. don't just stay within the walls of the base and right. feel You trapped. can't experience everything if you stay in your house. Yeah. You've got to leave the house to go experience your assignment. Yep. Get out of your comfort zone because that's the only way you're really going to get through this life is being uncomfortable. And there are lots of moments of that in the military life for sure. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for being on the podcast and sharing. And where can listeners connect with you? Um, They can connect with me mostly on my Instagram, which is love and lettering by Katie. I'm assuming it's going to be linked. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Um, Because there's a couple little underscores in there and to try to explain it. Um, But yes, Instagram was probably the best one, I would say. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like, follow, and comment. Also, be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook at Grace of a Military Child and Life for more awesome content. For information on the podcast, Military Child Bigs and Littles, GoAMCL blog, or other resources, visit www.goamcl.org. You can also email me at Gracie. That's G-R-A-C-I-E at G-O-A-M-C-L dot org with any questions or comments. To be a guest on the podcast, you can schedule it at www.goamcl dot org forward slash schedule a podcast, all one word, or contact me via social media or email. Stay tuned for the next episode where another incredible story is shared.